What up, people? You have tuned in to the Mr. Dark Eye Podcast right here on Anchor FM, New Soul Music Radio, the home of daily motivation to trust God and live your dreams. Today, we're talking about something that everybody in the media world is talking about, man. Meg the Stallion in this lawsuit that she got that she just filed against her record label 1501. She's saying that they ain't treating her right. They trying to intimidate her and they ain't giving her what they owe her. And then you got Carl Crawford who's saying that ain't the truth. We ain't going for that and we ain't finna get bullied and they not finna rob me and take my artists away from me. We finna talk about who right, who wrong. Is it a good deal or is it a bad deal? We finna get into all that juicy stuff. Keep it locked. Don't touch nothing. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back, and I am too excited to talk about this right here, man. I've been talking about this ever since I heard about it. Actually, um, when I heard about it, I wasn't going to talk about it. But my nephew hit me and said, hey, man, you know, have you heard about the Meg the Stallion situation? I know you do the artist development thing. This is something that you might want to chime in on and talk about. I said, oh, you know what? You're right. I probably should talk about this. You know what I mean? Because everybody is looking at it from their own perspective and got their own thing that they're saying or whatever. So I was like, let me look into this thing and see what they talking about, see what's happening. And the first thing that I looked at that I saw uh, was her Instagram, her live Instagram feed or whatever. And there's a whole lot of stuff that I can say about that, that I actually, I'm going to say about that. Y'all just keep listening because we're going to get into all the details about this thing, man. But I'm excited to talk about this because I feel like this thing is happening with Meg the Stallion. Is something that a lot of us on both sides can learn from, whether you are an artist or whether you are someone that's looking to get into the business from, from the perspective of starting a record label or getting into management and all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot that can be a teachable moment in this situation that everybody can learn from, regardless of what side of the table you're sitting on. All right. So we're going to get straight into this, people, because like I said, I'm so excited to talk about this thing, man. And I think I'm going to let y'all know some things that I feel like is not being said. And um, it's crazy to me on how I've been looking at all the media coverage and reading all the media coverage on this thing. And there's one thing that nobody is saying. It's crazy to me. So I'm going to get into that real quick. But um, but let me start from the beginning. Let me get out a synopsis um, on the whole situation from, you know, the background on a little bit on Meg Stallion and her career, all right? So with Meg, she she is, I don't know if she's originally from Houston, but she was in Houston when she began to get a buzz for, for her career, all right? She was doing a lot of freestyles, rapping for everybody, anywhere, no matter what she was doing. She was uh, she was, she was was trying to rap and get, get her name out there. She was putting up a lot of videos on her social media, all that stuff. And she dropped two mixtapes, uh, I can't remember the name of them. Um, I think, um, no, nah, I'm not even going to try remember the name of them. But she dropped two mixtapes, and it sparked uh, um, a lot of it, even more attention for her, right? So she buzzing like crazy in Houston, and then an independent label called Quality Control, who's responsible for the careers of, of artists like Lil Yachty, reached out to her via DM because she was buzzing. Everybody was kind of talking about her. They did not, they did not want to get into a bidding war 
over her. So they DM'd her and she did not respond. All right. She did not respond to them. So when the opportunity to sign with 1501 Entertainment, who was local right there in Houston, she felt like it was beneficial for her to sign with them at the time because they're local, they're from Houston, they're in Houston, she's in Houston, so she felt like that just made sense for her to do that. So at the time when they signed her, um, they it's been said that they gave her $15,000. Now, this is what she said out of her mouth on an interview, I believe she was on the Angie Martinez show. She said that the label gave her $15,000. And at that time, it was just her and her mom. And her mom was working a job and she was going to school. Now, for me, I'm like $15,000. You know, I know that times is hard and things of that nature. But I'm like, your mama had to be making pennies. Y'all had to have bills like just up to the ceiling, you know, for you to feel like $15,000 was going to change our life. I mean, 15 grand probably would have, you know, gave y'all a good six months you know, to take care of business and pay your bills or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, it's like $15,000 ain't life-changing money. So I don't understand why she felt like that was some money that she really needed to take right then in that moment because you are, you, are, you are already buzzing like crazy. You know, why not continue to work and build leverage? I mean, haven't you learned anything from people like Master P who turned down a million dollars because he knew his worth? I mean, so... I don't get that. But in the, at the end of the day, you know, she thinking $15,000 was going to change her and her mama's life. Then, okay. So she signed with 1501, um, giving her, you know, allegedly $15,000, $15,000 advance. Um, and they began to work and build some success, right? Now, let's talk about 1501 and how they got started. Okay, you got Carl Crawford who I guess retired from baseball, decided he want to start a, start a record label. He took his money to, to start this record label, right? He's funding it. He's funding the label. He hires T Ferris, um, who's already been in the game, years of experience in the game, got some success with managing people like Paul Wall and uh, all the artists or whatever that was on Swisher house. Right? So he's figured, Hey, I can bring this guy in to help. He he can run. I mean, as my partner, and he can run the label for me. I'm putting up the money. All right. He know the business. He's gonna run this label for me. All right. So they start doing business and they got some success. Now, at some point, they sign a distribution deal with 300 Entertainment, who is owned by Leo Cohen. Now he used to be the CEO of 300 Entertainment but he's no longer the CEO, but he still owns the company. Now, Leo Cohen has a reputation already, a bad reputation in the music business already for doing artists wrong. I've seen videos of artists speaking out against him with the whole 300 entertainment deals that they got going on over there. I've seen artists speak out and it's usually been like male artists, like even uh, back in the day, right before Lupe Fiasco dropped his Lasers album, he had a situation with Leo Cohen and them because they was trying to get him to sign a 360 deal and he did not do that. So they, he was talking about how they was blackballing him and things of that nature. And I remember during this time, he was talking about walking away from music altogether, you know, and I remember feeling like, oh man, like I hope that don't happen because I'm a Lupe, Lupe, Lupe Fiasco fan. So I'm like, man, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. And, you know, 
of course, we know Lupe is still making music, but I think from this perspective now, it's independent. But either way, Leo Cohen, bad reputation in the music business. So it's just like, you know, to do a deal with them, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, Carl Crawford put up the money to start 1501 and hired and partnered with T. Ferris and hired T. Ferris to do the day-to-day business of 1501. All right, y'all following with me? All right, cool. So after they did this distribution deal with 300, um, I'm going to get into the money that Meg has yet to say that she got that Carl said that she actually was paid. We get into that a little bit later. All right. So another thing about Leo Cohen, he's somebody that that also implemented the 360 deal back in like 2004, 2005, along with Kevin Lyles. Um, you know, they, of course, they implemented this deal. I mean, the new deal because of the way the music business was going at the time when um, the record sales was going down and everything else was going up. So they decided to make like the label itself operate like a manager but without putting in the work and now to this day that's still the case with a lot of labels out here they taking money from artists when it comes down to certain deals but they're not um actually putting in the work to get their portion of the money that they're taking from the artist so that's a that's that's a thing that's also has put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when it comes down to leo coin now um Meg Thee Stallion, her mother, was her manager. Now, with the untimely passing of her mom, um, she needed to find other management. Now, when she signed that deal with 1501, her mom was the one overseeing all of that when it came down to her signing that deal. So, so going back to the fact that, you know, they're saying that allegedly she got $15,000 out of that deal. Now, when she signed a distribution deal with 300 Entertainment that uh, that they deal with, with, with 1501, Carr has said that she got a $50,000 advance out of that deal with that distribution deal. 50 grand that he said he got the paperwork on and the signature and everything that he got on file that, that would show proof of that. Okay? So, uh, let me see here. Let me go on. Meg the Stallion signed this deal. And the contract, everything that she signed, was all written up and handled by T. Ferris. All right? It was all written up and handled by T. Ferris. So when she is on the Breakfast Club or whatever she's on, talking about their her, her relationship, her and her mom, this relationship they had with T. Ferris, on how T. Ferris was was always there and, you know, doing things day to day to help her. And they had a close relationship with T. Ferris, but didn't really have one with Carr because he was never there. Now, on The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the God kind of touched on this briefly and said, well, maybe Carr was the money man. Well, no, ain't no maybe about it. He was the money man. That's all he was. He hired T. Ferris to handle the day to day business of the operations of, of what was going on with Meg the Stallion's career. She don't get that. Somebody need to come out and tell her like, Hey, Carl wasn't there. You didn't see much of him because he owned the record label. He put up the money to start it. He hired T Ferris to do the day to day work. That's why you see him more. That's why you dealt with him more. You know what I mean? That's just like anybody who got a job working at a company. You're going to see the day to day 
manager of operations more than you see the person who owned the company. That's just the way things go. So somebody needed to explain that to Meg Thee Stallion. All right. So, so she, to me, she said that to try to make it seem like or whatever that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm giving y'all a reason to, to be more on my side, to look at me more as the victim and understand or whatever that Carl was never there when it's like, okay, maybe he should have been. No, he has went on record telling you, telling everybody, anybody that he don't know the music business like that. That's why he hired T. Ferris. Okay. So T. Ferris is the one that wrote up your contract that you signed. All right. So now let's go into the fact or whatever that one day T. Ferris and Meg Thee Stallion are on their way over to Rock Nation. Carl Crawford is asking them about this meeting. T. Ferris is telling Carl, supposedly a business partner that he a business partner partner that he can trust, is telling Carl that this meeting ain't really no big deal. We just going over there, just shooting them some BS, right? Just telling him whatever. You know what I'm saying? And Carl not knowing the business like that or whatever, and just kind of being, you know, I don't want to say gullible, uh, but you know, like passive about the situation, just trusting the guy because he like, hey, I'm I'm trusting him to run this business the way I've known him to to do everything else he's been successful at other things so i'm trusting him to be to be honest and upfront about the business that i'm asking him to run that i put up the money for it i'm thinking this is pretty much how carl is thinking or whatever but right here before i go into all everything else i'm gonna say for me ain't no way in the world i'd let them go to this meeting without me especially if i'm the one putting up putting up the money you know i'm going y'all going to, this is rock nation jay-z y'all are not going to this meeting without me and you telling me that it ain't it ain't nothing Okay, let me go with you to make sure it, it ain't nothing, right? So, but Carl decides not to go. T. Ferris and Meg go over here to Rock Nation, and then next thing you know, they put up, or Meg puts up a picture, or you know, and break the news that she signed a, a management deal with Rock Nation, right? This is now Carl is getting this news. This is how he's getting getting the news, right? So after all this stuff has happened, now Meg. And maybe T. Ferris himself as well come back to Carl. It probably was just Meg. I don't know. Probably was just Meg. And I'll tell you why it's probably probably was just Meg in a minute or whatever. But Meg come back to Carl talking about, hey, you know, I want to renegotiate my contract. Now I'm pretty much thinking to myself, Carl got his eyebrows raised or his, or his, or his forehead then, then, then scrunched up. Like, what you talking about? What's going on? Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because number one, remind I remind you, that he ain't the one that drew up the contract in the first place. So he's coming. So Meg Thee Stallion coming to call talking about, hey, I got a problem with the contract. Now, I'm going to tell y'all people something. Meg Thee Stallion is coming back as a messenger to Carl, talking about I need to renegotiate, renegotiate my contract based on what Rock Nation has told her. Now, Carl is getting the news based on social media that you didn't sign with Rock Nation now I done already been lied to about this meeting, about the nature of this meeting. Now I found out you didn't did, now y'all done signed a deal and you're doing business with, business with Rock Nation. Now you're coming back telling me that you need to renegotiate, renegotiate your contract based on what was said to you in this meeting that I wouldn't even in. So I'm just going to take your word for it. That's basically what that she's asking Carr to do, right? I don't blame Carr. For shutting everything down and saying we're not doing no more business right now until we all can sit in this room and, and negotiate this thing to the point where it's fair for everybody. Because Carl went on record saying that this is not how you renegotiate. This is a robbery. Because he looking at Jay Z and the whole 
Rock Nation thing or whatever, and they look at that situation as an opportunity to take advantage of the person that don't know nothing about the business. He had the money to put it up, put up to start a record label, but he don't know nothing about the business. So they looking to take advantage of this man. All right. So after Meg the Stallion signed the Rock Nation because she felt like she she needed better management based on what she was at in her career. She no longer had a mama. What she should have done is went to Carl first and talked to him about it. But here's the big thing, people. You got three people in this situation. You got Carl Crawford, you got T. Ferris, and you got Meg the Stallion. Two of these people don't know nothing about the music business. We're talking about Carl and we're talking about Meg. But T. Ferris knows the business. Now, neither one of them has made a statement about T. Ferris besides, well, at least Carl hasn't. But Meg has went on record saying that she loved her and her mama loved T. Ferris and T. Ferris is the best and this and that and the third or whatever, but not realizing, neither one of them are realizing or whatever, that T. Ferris is playing both of them. That's how I feel about it. T. Ferris is playing both of them. Because these two individuals that know least about the business is the ones that's going against each other while the one who basically responsible for all of this and is, is sitting back and just, and just waiting for all of this thing to, all of this stuff to come together in his favor. Because here's the thing, while Meg Thee Stallion is in this meeting with Rock Nation and they telling her that this is a bad contract that you in, you sitting in the room, also the other person that's, that's, that's in the room with you is responsible for the contract that you signed, that Rock Nation is telling you is crap. I mean, I don't even understand how anybody could even miss this. But the person that 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 negotiate, I mean, that basically drew up your contract, that Rock Nation is telling you that, hey, did you know this was in your contract? Because this right here, this ain't good. Did you know this was there? Or whatever? And you like, nah, I didn't know. Now at the end of the day, you should have turned directly to T Ferris right there in that same meeting. The dude that you took with you, that, that took you over to Rock Nation or whatever, you should have turned directly to him and say, bro, what's up? What's this? What are they talking about? Because you don't want you up this contract. But no, you go back to Carl or whatever. Because T Ferris, man, he is he is playing a, a, a great game with this whole situation that got you not even realizing that he's the one that she that you should be looking at. It's the one that you thought you could trust. The one that's always right up under your nose. This is something that's been going on for years. It's people, it's the people that you thought that you could trust. The people that's close to you that you thought you could trust is the ones that's burning you, that's crossing you. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the person or whatever that's putting forth all the effort to make sure you can trust him. When I feel like at the end of the day, the one that you really can trust is Carl Crawford. And I don't blame Carl for nothing that he's doing. Now, he done went and teamed up with Jay Prince, right? Who Meg is trying to say in her lawsuit now that he's trying to use Jay, Jay Prince to intimidate her. But nah, he's like, yo, I don't know nothing about the music business. I need somebody on my team that's going to help me, that's going to help protect me and my business or whatever because y'all, because Rock Nation and all of y'all trying to team up on the person, the guy, the little guy that don't know nothing about the business. And, and Meg don't even realize that she being used too because she don't know nothing about the business. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's like, he like, yo, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I'm good. I'm protected. That's why I got Jay Prince on my side. And Jay Prince went on record on, on, on his Instagram, I believe, letting it be known that he done seen this happen too many times or whatever, where the independent labels put in all the groundwork and then get the artists to the point where 
they they are they are big and they got a name for themselves and then big dog companies like rock nation or whoever come along and try to basically steal the artists from the independent label after all the hard work and the money they didn't put in because carl crawford said hey i got i got receipts that add up to about like like a million dollars that i've invested into building meg's career and i got all the receipts to show for you know what i mean and and then meg when she filed this lawsuit she went on record in the beginning saying that she got a fifteen thousand dollar advance that's all they gave her and the reasons why she took it but then when she found the lawsuit um she said it was she she said that it was a ten thousand dollar advance and then the label made like seven million dollars off of her streams and downloads or whatever and all she got out of that seven million was fifteen thousand so it's like to me which one is it man did you get a ten thousand dollar advance and then when it's all said and done you only got fifteen thousand dollars out of the seven million that was made off of your downloads and streams or did you get a fifteen thousand dollar advance what is it because you're going from 15 to 10 back to 15 when Carl Crawford is saying that she got the advance and she also got another advance of $50,000 when they did the distribution deal with 300. And he said he got all his paperwork to show for this. Even when she had lawyers coming to the picture after she signed with Rock Nation, they tried, she tried to send those lawyers after Carl and Carl did the same thing with them. He said, look, this is my paperwork, all of my receipts. I got proof. Of what I'm talking about, and he was like, "I tell you what, when you look at her deal, sixty forty, she get a forty percent profit share. Now, at the end of the day, that's good as long as she ain't having to cover those expenses that she said she had to cover allegedly. You know, when it comes down to her fi- her features and and producers and all those stuff like that or whatever. Now, if she doesn't have to cover those expenses out of her forty percent share, then I feel like yeah, sixty forty split is a good deal. You know what I mean? If she ain't got to cover those expenses that she allegedly said that she had to cover." Now, Carr made another good point, though, where he said, I bet you Jay-Z won't do no kind of deal like that, you know, and and he'll, he'll never show that. He'll never show you, you know, the kind of deals and stuff like that. He would never put that out there and talk about what kind of deals he do with artists. And I believe him. I don't believe Jay will never, uh, ever do anything like that. But at the end of the day, I feel like that the two individuals that know least about the business is the ones that's going at each other like crazy while T. Ferris is sitting back quietly watching all of this, waiting to come out on top. Because I feel like he's the one that's playing them tremendously, for real. Carl can't even see it. He don't even realize that the one he chose as his business partner is the one that's really crossing him. And Meg is the one that's ultimately getting used in the situation. And I understand why everybody coming to her defense and protecting her, because she's a woman that's around all of these men that's that's that 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 people see that just from that perspective and saying that don't look right we need to come to her defense but at the same time somebody need to tell meg stallion that look sweetheart you need to use this as a learning experience and and let someone you know somebody need to definitely tell you what's really happening what's going on in the situation while you sitting up there trusting t ferris he's the one that that you really need to be looking at on 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 the reason why you you in a bad contract and you're not getting the money that you are owed that's all it is pretty much point blank period but ultimately in the end i feel like make the stallion is going to lose when they go to court and um and um you know t ferris is going to ultimately uh be the one that is going to get the ultimate reveal to meg on the person that was really crossing her the whole time 
is definitely T. Ferris and not Carl Crawford because I feel like Carl is going to show up to court with all his paperwork. It's going to show everything that he's been talking about to be proven true. And that's just pretty much what, what's going to be the end of it. You know, um, Meg has gone on record saying that she didn't read a contract. She didn't know what was in it, this and that and the third. So she's just got to own up to the fact that she made a mistake and she um, signed what was in the four corners of that of that contract. And that's just what it, what it is. All right. She's just going to have to not take it as an L, but take it as a lesson learned and um, and be willing to sit down with Carl Crawford and T. Ferris and Rock Nation, everybody all in the room together instead of leaving a man in the dark like they did the first time, but come to the table, everybody, like they should have in the first place to negotiate this contract to the point where it's fair for everybody. If they're not willing to do that, then whatever happens with Meg's, with Meg the Stallion's career to the point where she can't release any music anymore and this thing go on for two, three years and she can't release any music and then her buzz die down or whatever and it's going to be crazy hard for her to get back out there and make anything happen. Um, if that happens to her career, then I don't know. I'm just saying it. It's just a hard lesson learned, Meg. That's all I'm saying. You, sh- you know, you should have um, had some better people around you to kind of give you some guidance or whatever, you know, to help you make some better decisions. But your mom, I mean, like I say, God rest her soul. She was the one that's kind of helping you in, in, in the situation while she was here. And when she was gone, you got people like Rock Nation and 300 Entertainment swooping in to take advantage of you and that's just not right and but at the end of the day i really put all the blame on t ferris you know what i mean so i'm team carl crawford in this one i i i i, I feel like in the end as long as he's able to produce the receipts and the paperwork that he's that he say he has he's going to come out with a win in this situation and, and and i feel like even with the win i feel like he still has a heart to say hey we could we could continue to do business and, and continue to help Meg build, build her career. Um, but that's only if she's open to it. So that's all I'm going to say, people, or whatever. Always remember to all my independent artists out there, remember this, remember this always. You do not get what you deserve. You always get what you negotiate when it comes down to your contracts. Remember that, people. All right? Um, but, you know, just just understand that when, you, when you're dealing with independent labels you have more freedom more ownership a lot of times when it comes down to dealing with independent labels versus major labels and major uh management companies and things of that nature so that's something else that you got to consider and think about when it comes down to your careers people but this is definitely a great conversation to have about business in the music industry and all of y'all need to understand and know that at the end of the day that um you you, you got to know what you what you need going in you got to know exactly what you're giving up what your trade-offs are and like i said once again is you're not going to get what you deserve you always get what you negotiate and you got to know what it is on both sides of the table always know that you know you got to have an entertainment lawyer there you got to have people that's going to hold an entertainment lawyer accountable for everything and you got to know that your entertainment lawyer is going to be looking out for your benefit and if that's not the case then you definitely need to change and switch that up okay and make sure that your lawyer i got no ties and no connection with the company that you negotiating your deal with you got to know that too i can go on and on about this people for hours probably but i hope i covered enough for y'all to understand the gist of this thing people or whatever that um that um uh, uh communication is very important communication is very 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 important and on top of that 
uh, all, all my independent artists out there, you're not just artists in the music industry. You are business owners and entrepreneurs, and you got to know your business. You got to know what's going on with you. You got to know what's going on on the four corners of those or those contracts before you sign them. All right. Please, please, people know what you're signing. All right. So that's pretty much it, people. Uh, leave me some comments. Let me know what you think about the Meg Thee Stallion situation or whatever, whether or not you you feel like um, that, that she's going to win in this situation or, or what? Or you feel like Carl Crawford is going to win? Or ultimately, do you feel like I feel that the person that really is the problem in all of this is T. Ferris? All right. So that's all I got for y'all today, man. I hope it was helpful. I hope it was something that enlightened y'all about some things when it comes down to the music business, because definitely it is a business. Don't ever forget that. I always treat it like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like people you say about loaded by picking up a gun. I always treat it like it's loaded because you never know. It could be one in the chamber, even though there ain't nothing in the clip. All right, people. So always be cautious. Always trust God and live your dreams. I'm out, people. Till next time, I am your personal dream motivator, Mr. Dark Eye, encouraging you to live your dreams, man, because that's what it's all about. We're going to talk. We're going to holler next time. I'm out. We'll be right